Hey everyone, it's Michael with a quick content warning. A happy death day involves lots of images of self-harm and suicide, and if you're not comfortable with that, know that we don't really talk about it in detail, but uh, it is part of the content of this movie, and unfortunately there's not a lot of content warnings surrounding it. So I just want to give you a little heads up for in case you want to interact with this movie yourself. But okay, on with the episode. Hey, Michael. So, when you were in college, if you were stuck in a time loop, who would you tell, and do you think they would help? Okay, so, I, as you know, I spent community college hanging out with you, yes. but you're probably referring to when I went away to school, to university. Yes. Um, I, I had, uh, I lived in a two-bedroom apartment with three other roommates, but one of them rotated out. Mm-hmm. So my constants, and I would say who I spent the most time with would be um, um Evan, uh, Cyrus, and Patrick. Yeah. Um, I remember them fondly. Yes, yes. So Cyrus was my roommate, and uh, Cyrus. Well, you see, I wouldn't tell Cyrus because Cyrus probably wouldn't be around to tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cyrus would. Uh, Cyrus was working in a lab, so he had a really irregular schedule. Um, occasionally he'd like show up at 2 a.m. and then like be out the door by 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um it was very strange. But um uh he was a good he's a good guy. Cyrus might not take me seriously. <laughs> Evan and Patrick, um, who were already close friends because they, they were on uh they were in a club together mm-hmm. and they had taken many classes together. Um they would also probably laugh at me too. Mm-hmm. Um if I were to be like, hey I'm in the time loop, get me out. Mm-hmm. And then they would like theorize about it and joke about it and get like a little bit serious and then leave me alone to my own devices. That's what would happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what about you? Yeah, I think I had a slightly more transactional relationship with my roommates. Like we were we, because we didn't have to like actually room together. We had more of just like a like, oh, hi, you exist. And occasionally we would conversate and whatnot. Uh, but I think honestly, if I were stuck in a time loop, I would have had to talk to my club, like the club that I started and like been like, okay. Hey y'all, here's our club activity this week. Uh, time to break this time loop, you know? <laughs> That's what we're doing this week. This week, uh, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Hey Joe. Hey Michael. Uh, haven't we been here before? What do you mean? Like, doesn't this feel familiar? Like, we've we've talked about this movie already? Uh, Happy Death Day? Yeah. It, no, I don't think we have. I, I really? I, I could have sworn we had a whole conversation about it already. Well, well what did we talk about? Uh, a lot of things? I just, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's almost like... It's almost like, it's almost like I, 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 we talked about it, and then I accidentally corrupted my data, and then we lost our recording, or I'm sorry, I lost my recording, and we had to re-record our episode. Oh, uh, it's one of those time loops, I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the time loop of faulty, faulty, uh, devices and hard drives. <laughs> 
Welp, uh, you know what? I guess I'm just going to have to recreate the entire conversation that I don't recall having ever. Exactly. <laughs> certainly, I certainly don't recall having it two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've, we've found ourselves in quite a mess this time. Yes, we have. Time to um, break our own time loop. <laughs> yep. Welcome to Pop the Culture Podcast. Um, we're breaking the time loop because I'm giving the intro this time and not Michael. Um, <laughs> we got to do different things. Yes, we we like to pop uh, that culture by using our own liberal arts degrees to analyze and discuss different movies, TV, video games, comics, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Joseph Tomlin. I'm Michael Ruiz. Have we ever introduced ourselves? How much are we in an actually different time loop? <laughs> I don't think we've ever we've, done that. We've opened a time loop and okay, so there's different theories of time travel and dimensions, yes. right? Yes. So basically what we've done is we've I've opened up a new dimension for us where we actually have a bit more self-respect and, <laughs> <laughs> and a bit more professionalism in our podcast. So mm-hmm. now we're introducing ourselves as people. Mm-hmm. Um and we're introducing our podcast in full now. Yes. Okay, that makes more sense. You know what? I, I think I can get down with this dimension. I can get down with this timeline. Uh, but mm-hmm. just, just for good reference, tell me, Joe, what did we watch this week? Um, we watched Happy Death Day, not the sequel Happy Death Day to You. Mm-hmm. However, we might make reference to that. Uh, yes. Happy Death Day is a film directed by Christopher Landon. Um, mm-hmm. It's produced by Jason Blum. It is a part of the Blum House, which we mentioned at our last episode, Black Box. Mm-hmm. You know, it stars uh, Jessica Roth as Tree, mm-hmm. um, and that is the most notable character, <laughs> yes, <it laughs> as is. Tree is the main character. Yeah. We follow her as she's stuck in a time loop where at the end of her birthday, she gets murdered by a man, or a person, rather, in a baby face, mm-hmm. um, which is the mascot of her college. Yes. Yeah, like, it is, it's like, it's a, would you say it's a, like a dark comedy, almost? We talked about this last time, and, like, I have thought about it a little bit since then, in that, like, you know, this movie was definitely pitched as a horror movie when it was created, but definitely, like, in, like, the sequel, and the best bits of this movie are things that lean into the dark comedy of, like, this this, this young girl, not so much, like, afraid for her life, but be, grow- like, growing more and more irritable, irritable, like, every single time loop, because she's tired of dying. Yes. She's getting physically tired of dying, too. Yes. Yeah, it's um, it's very relevant right now, <laughs> in our in our COVID uh, society where we're where some of us are just living the exact same day over and over again and getting real fucking tired of this shit. Mm-hmm. So I guess we thought it would be rather relevant and entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh-huh. I have a lot of affection for this movie. Like, I I think it's imperfect in a lot of ways. I don't think it's uh, amazing, but I do think this movie is pretty good, all things considered. Like, I. Like, in terms of the Blumhouse movies we've watched so far, and some of the Blumhouse movies I've seen, I do think this is one of the better ones. Even though, mm-hmm. like, it's not strictly a horror movie, I think, like, I think it's funny, I think it's entertaining, and I think it has a, like, kind of like we were making fun of Blumhouse last time for having a concept and not really knowing how to finalize it. Like, this kind of acknowledges that the concept is stagnant in some capacity, but it really does build upon, like, the character, which is Tree. And mm-hmm. her struggle and her work, and it's like it's not a complicated movie with nuanced, uh, nuanced perspective and character work, but it is uh, effective at doing what it's trying to do. Yeah, I I agree. I think as a horror movie, this has a horror setting. Mm-hmm. It has um, 
it has some horror elements in terms of its you know cinematography um the way in which scenes are cut and the musical cues mm-hmm. however the overall tone is definitely more um coincided with a comedy yeah and unlike some other horror comedies um that are well-renowned like the evil dead trilogy yeah this instead bounces back and forth between like horror scenes and comedy scenes yeah where whereas like horror comedies like the evil dead it's more about the actual cutting in between frames Mm -hmm. that can affect the way in which your reaction goes from haha to oh Mm-hmm. Or oh to ha ha, yeah. um, don't tell Harry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, is that the, not what you think of when you think of uh, uh, scary to sad? Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Michael is referencing uh, a very explicit moment in the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy when the Green mm-hmm. Goblin is about to be impaled by the glider, mm-hmm. um, and he says you know he says don't tell harry and dies but that's before like the the glider sees him and he says oh shit and you are supposed to laugh at that <laughs> yeah anyway um yeah. that's like that's like true horror comedy at, at like the peak of its effectiveness and i think the problem with this film um like you already said because it is a blumhouse production and they like to do this idea of genre mashing uh black box mm-hmm. is like this like sci-fi but also like horror and drama mm-hmm. and this is dark horror comedy and mystery yeah i think all of the elements in this film are good yes um all the comedy elements all like all those jokes hit i think yeah. when it tries to go for like some horror for the most part it hits yeah. um and even and the mystery part mm-hmm. is good up until the very end yeah I think the I think the end kind of pulls the rug out from under itself. Yeah. Um because uh spo- we're going to be talking spoilers. That's how our podcast runs. Yep. Last spoiler warning. You know, if this movie's available on streaming platforms. Go check it out if you want. And also, I don't think this movie's ruined by spoilers. Uh if you're looking for a review, as always, we give it a thumbs up. Yeah. So 100%. Uh I give this a thumbs up as well. I I give it like Three and a half out of five time loops. Um, <laughs> the ending of this movie pulls the rug out from under itself because the the murderer is revealed to be Tree's roommate, um, Lori, uh, who is played by um, uh, Ruby Madine. Mm-hmm. And it feels undercut because we don't get a lot of Lori's personality or motivations in this movie yeah laurie is kind of as most characters in this movie are used she is used as a foil or a way to reflect how tree treats other people yes um how tree like empathizes um and like emotes to other people because Mm -hmm. ultimately her character is trying to learn how to just be empathetic yes um not necessarily be a better person but just a person who fucking cares yeah yeah the 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 arc of this movie is really in, uh hinged upon tree learning to become a better like it's like i guess it's really not it's not even about tree learning to become a better person i think we said before it's like it's about emotional vulnerability and like mm-hmm. that has to do all with her own internal struggle and i think that to its credit like 
the reason why a lot of the characters don't change is because it's the same day for everybody else. It's only mm-hmm. Tree who keeps reliving the same day over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And in that way, she does get to understand the different facets of everyone's life. And so, like, even them all being static characters does work in this, you know, in this genre fiction episode, even though it, you know, it, that does still mean they are flat characters at the end of the, you know, at the end of the movie, no one drastically changes except Tree. And, like, I understand how that works, and I think it's interesting to use, but also, if you look for a, if you want a movie with a fun supporting cast, it's not really here. Uh, I, which I agree with about Lori. It's like, oh, she's the she's ultimately being the villain. I think the ending is weird and imperfect and kind of messy in some ways, but it it it's trying to I feel like underscore the I feel like it's trying to underscore the weird like moralizing that happens in horror movies, you know, where people are like punished for being bad, and people think in the whole movie we spend. Tree thinks like, oh, I have to become a better person. I have to, uh, like, become. I have to become a better person, and that's why I'm be- like I'm being punished essentially. When in reality, like Lori being the ultimate villain in the end, even after you know she has her like super day where she's like, oh, I I made everything better. Like her still having to repeat the day proves that like, oh, you know, even if you are a bad person, you don't deserve to die, and like, that's like a a fine message. But it does feel inconsistent with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, like we had talked about in our Halloween episode, it, Halloween kind of was a blueprint for um, for horror, like popular horror films going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea that you have like this final girl and she is um, she is the final girl who is going to kill the monster or whoever because she is pure. Yes. Usually because she's a virgin or hasn't had sex. And this movie <laughs> kind of, yeah, and this movie kind of flips that out and said, it's like, oh, our our main character is sleeping with a teacher who's married. Mm-hmm. And, and Lori is like set out to kind of be like the final girl archetype. It's like, mm-hmm. she's good. She, she's a good person. She stays in school or so we think she is. And then they flip that on the, uh, on, on its head at the end of the day uh, or at the end of the movie. And Lori is actually jealous that she's sleeping with the professor and she wants to be with the professor. Yeah. And that's why she's trying to murder her. Yeah. Murder tree. Mm hmm. And, and yeah, it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't quite land in the no. way that it wants, especially because this is written by a man. Yeah. And we got some other things to say about that later. But in terms of the way that like male characters are written. Mm hmm. And yeah, it just. It, it, it like it's trying to pull like a commentary on the horror genre yeah it doesn't exactly work the entire way yeah because once again it's it's trying to pull these different threads of different genres but i think it's doing too much at once yeah and what's disappointing is that i like all of them mm-hmm. like i really liked when when tree is trying to figure out who the murderer is like that's mm-hmm. fun I like the comedy aspects of 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 like the entire movie. I would say is really funny. Yeah, that in and of itself should be a reason to watch it. And yeah. you know, I enjoy like the different horror illusions that are in here. I like the references to Michael Myers. I like the references to Scream. Mm-hmm. But it's just it it's just a bit too much. Yeah. So this this goes from being like a great movie to like a good movie. Yeah. 
it's definitely like a sum of its parts kind of movie where there's lots mm -hmm. of all these things individually work. Like I'm not against this type of uh, like kind of like uh, examination of internal misogyny at the end of the movie. But like, I guess it also being written from written by a man and also like, it, you know, it's not really built up to in the same way. That means like we technically spent like an hour and 20 minutes of this whole runtime with a message that it truly wasn't. And I don't know if the subversion lands in the same way that it wants to. In the same way that, like, subversion isn't always the key of, like, good writing. Like, you can subvert your expectations. I could start screaming right now and you'd probably subvert your expectations for what a podcast would be. But you wouldn't think that that's a good twist to this, uh, this format. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, like you know, and I, maybe it's, like, a very minor thing that I think I have a problem with subversion. How I think it's kind of turned into, like, a holy grail of uh, writing. When you uh, subvert expectations, I think it's the Deadpoolification of popular film. Mm-hmm. In this, in the same way that like like breaking the fourth wall was really funny for a long time. Like so many like there's like there's a like there's a, there's a whole slew of comedies that do it. In the same way that like raunchy rom coms were really popular in the early two thousands. You know, like like forty year old virgin came out. Uh, Super bad came out. You know, all those movies with the, basically the same cast all had the same type of characters, had the same type of humor. And, like, I get it. Like, there's there's probably versions of it that work. And, like, just like in this movie, I think, you know, the humor lands for the most part. There's a couple of jokes I don't pu that punch down that I don't like. But normally they're told from a character who's kind of seen as uh, bad. The, like, the lead sorority lady, uh, Danielle. Is that her name? Yes. And so, like, it's done to sh it's done to show that like she's a bad person, which you know that that's fine. But like, then you have to ask like, why is it in here? I don't know. But it's it's like, oh, I think the humor works. And like, to its credit, as a mystery movie, this movie's really interesting because it does a great job of setting up like a suspect list. Because like mm -hmm. with with uh, Tree starting as such like a unlikable protagonist, it really does build like a as she says to Carter, like, oh, I could think of a lot of people who don't like me. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, and, and therefore, like, that's, like, the good shit, right? Like, the, the true thread of this movie is Tree's character arc and watching her grow and turn, like, kind of, like, become this more emotionally uh, vulnerable person and also, like, observant person who finally starts to see people around her, even even when they have their best, well, even they, when they finally have her best interests in mind. I agree. Like, the Tree's character arc is the best aspect of this film. Mm-hmm she like her her lesson of learning to to be more emotionally vulnerable like i think i think it's very fitting for you know the genre and the setting of its story it's it's set in college yes. right where it, it might be hard for you to be able to open up to your roommates um you know where you are entering this community where you might have your own emotional baggage that you're bringing into it. Yes. As with Laurie's character, and which is the twist, uh, another twist uh, partway through the movie, is um, her mother passed away. Yeah. And her and her mother shared the same birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whenever it's her birthday, it's kind of like a really dark reminder. Yeah. So, and because of all of that, like, her relationship with her dad is strained and she's become closed off yeah and that that's really compelling mm-hmm yeah it's it's a good you know it's a good uh personification of the idea that like grief is stagnating mm -hmm. and that like if you don't address it it's going to feel like you're living the same day over and over and over again 
And mm-hmm. that's sad. Like, and I think that that works. And I really like that every single time you spend another day with Tree, you do begin to learn and you grow more and more sympathetic to her, not only because you're spending more time with her, but also because you're growing to understand her more. And I think in that way, there is like kind of the key there that like, it's not always about like fixing people's problems or like, like how good or bad based on your value judgments they are, but like understanding why they are the way they are. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that like, that's kind of where Tree's character really shines. And like, I I think you're right. Like, especially this taking place in college. So many people in college are like, like, you're supposed to be at this point where you're figuring yourself out, but how many people are really there, right? You might you might end up having a relationship similar to like this movie where you you know these people are are momentary. Mm-hmm. It's just this one person who's trying to get you to sign the petition for climate change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or that's repeated in the movie. The guy that you almost slept with but didn't. Mm-hmm. Which is Carter. Yeah. Which I think which I think is a good transition into like how Carter is used in this film. So as we stated earlier, um, this film is written by a man, mm-hmm. um, and Carter is your good nerdy boy stereotype. Is it's just like your wholesome character. At the beginning of the film, it's implied that Tree spent the night with Carter, and then yeah. it is later found out that really Tree was just drunk at a party with Carter. Carter thought that she was sick and let her sleep in Carter's roommate's bed, and that was it. And so Tree's just like, aww. This guy didn't want to sleep with me. And, and like that's <laughs> supposed to like give him points mm-hmm. for just being a decent human being. Mm-hmm. And that that just you know, it 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 feels like very um it feels like the writer was patting himself on the back here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you did the bare minimum of not harming someone when they were in a vulnerable state. Wow, good job, um, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Carter's just kind of Carter's just kind of your guy the whole movie. I was kind of waiting for him to like finally reveal like he reveals his own baggage to her, which in like, you know, once again, I think the performances that he that the actor gives is really good. And I think I really like their chemistry in that scene, even mm-hmm. if like Carter does end up feeling like, like you said, like just like your nerdy boy. He's like, oh, he's a well-intentional uh, nerdy boy who's clearly <laughs> who's clearly some writer's stand in in this movie. Because he also gets to be, like, the moralizer. Yes. He he does end up being, like, a moralizer for her. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a justification for her, like, call to action. Yeah. Um, at the climax of the film, Carter sacrifices himself. Yeah. To prevent Tree from getting murdered by um, um, Tombs, who is, the, who is in and himself himself a commentary on the slasher genre Mm -hmm. he's just a random murderer dude who likes to kill teenage girls for some reason and so anyway tombs kill sacrifice uh, tombs kills carter uh, while carter is sacrificing himself and then that is where tree is like oh i i uh i i need to kill myself so i can save carter because if i kill tombs then that means carter's dead and i care about carter yes um and and it's like i don't buy it (laughs) yeah you know um i think once again this is very self-grandizing from um to to be like well the man is the inspiration for this Mm -hmm. like i i couldn't maybe i shouldn't play the game of if i were to rewrite this um, (laughs) because i'm a man so, mm-hmm. I guess I just wish that that wasn't 
the 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 crux of the film uh for the for like the real changing point for for tree yeah carter is just it's like i agree like you know obviously we want to kind of stay in our own lane here and not talk about it too much but it does like i said it does feel weird in this movie that seems to be about uh internal like ultimately wants to be about internal misogyny with the subversion it feels weird to have uh a cis man be the the guy who tells her like it is which just you know it especially when she's like the party girl but you know maybe we don't get to make that call but i i remember watching it being like eh, i don't know i wish carter i wish we were a little more critical of him I don't know what that would be. Maybe in showing the ways in which, you know, nerdy boys could be obnoxious. I'm a nerdy boy. My best friend's a nerdy boy. And I know ways we could be obnoxious. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I guess that's like another weakness of the film. Mm -hmm. However, like, it's passable because at the end of the day, this is all meant to be in service of Tree's character growth. Mm -hmm. um, And us getting to care about her. And, And, you know, for what it's worth, it's successful. Yeah. Yeah, I I like Tree by the end of this movie, and I think she's I think she's a you know maybe not the most nuanced character in cinema, but I do think she's complicated enough to carry the story and make the emotional beats land. I think she's more complicated than any character probably in I don't know Luigi. <laughs> uh-huh. I that wasn't me doing like a Luigi accent thing. That's like Luigi the horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see that? <laughs> did I see Luigi? Yeah. No, I saw it was destroyed. I was it was destroyed at the box office and by critics and I was not I was going to I was not going to touch that. Yeah. Yeah, but that'll be said. What what do you think of the different tones in this film, Michael? If you had to pick cuz there's like 3, you've got the horror, the dark comedy and the mystery, what would you take out? What would I take out? Strangely, mm-hmm. I think the horror stuff could kind of be dropped. Like, I mm-hmm. say this as someone who, like, you know, we're watching this for kind of like a horror Halloween month, and as someone who's a huge horror dude, like, I I, I really like this movie. I think the horror is the weakest aspect of it in, in like, the ways in which, like, the, the, the horror is definitely in service of the comedy, and it's, like, it's kind of feels like the, you go, you go scary to the punchy, the punch, uh, the punchy punchlines feel all the punchier. And it's you. You go to horror for a quick moment to make the mystery have more stakes in it. It feels very much like it's borrowing horror elements without being a horror movie. And I think it's all mm-hmm. the stronger for it. Like I said, I I think the mystery works because the movie does such a good job of starting Tree in a place where yeah, like she has a huge suspect suspect list. I think mm-hmm. the comedy works because like all the actors are good with comedic timing. The dialogue is written in a way that's uh, campy at times, but also intentionally uh, like snarky. And made to be laughed at. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's made with intention and everyone's really good at hamming it up for their role. Yeah. And even like, like we talked about this, like the killer, right? Like the killer is like imperfect. The killer trips and falls during like <laughs> during the fight mm-hmm. scenes. Like the killer is yeah. not meant to be a very si- serious, you know, it's it's much more like Scream. Like you said, mm-hmm. where it's, it's almost like a parody, right? Yeah, it's a parody, and then, like I also mentioned, it has some aspects of Michael Myers and that, like, this evil force is unbeatable mm-hmm. and unstoppable. Yeah. And, like, cold and calculating in its murder. So I think when it combines those two, it's really effective, and I think it loses its effectiveness with the mystery aspects because we have to reveal who it is. Yes. You know? W- like, when... So there's the bait and switch. Like, you're... The audience is meant to believe that it's tombs. Mm-hmm. 
a stereotypical murderer. And I'm like, well, I just, this feels kind of lame to know that it's some random white dude who's doing this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, like you said, it tries to get into the moral theming of like, when it flips to that, it also doesn't work. Yeah. You know, because I don't think it leads up to that well. Um, yeah. You know, based based on the story that's meant for Tree and also the way in which they characterize Lori. I think in terms of horror, like the way that it functions in this movie is it actually works more as an action set piece. Mm-hmm. They're really just bo- borrowing horror filmmaking techniques and the way in which camera movements work, musical cues work, and like momentary tension works. But yeah. it doesn't function any differently than, say, an action scene. Whereas a traditional horror movie, you're kind of building that tension the entire time. Because it has those comedic elements, it, it's, it's undermining itself constantly. Yeah. Especially because it's a time loop and you have to repeat these points. Yeah. Yeah, even in the same concept, right? Like, you know, the day has to reset by her dying. So in some capacity, and I uh, once again, I, I kind of like this in that, like, she has to kind of fail to fail forward and learn and grow Mm -hmm. and in a way in which like this specific fiction allows her to do so like it allows tree to mess up in tangible ways and learn something the next time she's at the same point but you know it it does mean that ultimately the killers kind of stops being scary if the protagonist can't die right which is why i think i think laurie should have had more attention to her Mm -hmm. you know in terms of the story yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I think with with mystery with mystery stories, you think that you want to keep the secret as far away from the audience as possible, right? You definitely mm-hmm. want to make sure they're not. But like in reality, if any good mystery, it's really not. It's it's kind of doing the exact opposite. It's kind of feeding you little things to be like, here you go, here you go, here you go, so you could kind of follow along. And if you do manage to guess it, you're kind of left with like, oh, I knew it, or you're left with the feeling of like, oh wow, I completely missed that. You know, it's it's the difference between this and like like the Sherlock Holmes movie. Like I think that movie is does is also kind of failing despite it being a mystery too, where it's like ultimately you're just there to watch Sherlock Holmes put some like random leaps of make some random leaps of logic and put it all together at the end. Like a completely different type of movie. You're just having fun watching RDJ be RDJ. Exactly. Like that that that's all that that is. But Yeah. Like a good mystery movie would be Knives Out. Yes, exactly. And so that when you watch it again, you can see all the threads there that you just missed versus mm-hmm. like, I like got someone like I, like I, I, I knew the, the plot of this movie before going into it just because I, I saw the, I think we both, right. We both saw happy death day to you. And you know, the plot is told to you right at the beginning of that movie. Mm-hmm. So like I knew the plot going into this movie and I still wasn't like, there's was like a couple of scenes at the beginning that kind of hint towards it. But after that, like, Laurie ultimately goes away. Yeah, Laurie basically disappears from the plot entirely mm-hmm. um, because they're trying to pay attention to the relationship between Tree and Carter. Yeah. Which, as we pointed out, has its own flaws. Yeah. In that way, like, this movie is also a romantic comedy in, like, watching their relationship grow together. And, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it's also imperfect. And I, once again, like, I think the, the performance of the two actors, very good, very well performed. It's just like uh, some of its parts, right? Like, you know, it, it feels uh, disconnected with the rest of the movie. And I think that that's like the best way of putting it with this movie. It's like, it's not that any of it is bad. It's just it feels weirdly disconnected with the rest of it. You know, the horror set pieces are good. 
they just don't always mesh well with the the, the following jokes that uh fall that like make up the rest of the movie or the romantic stuff or the dramatic stuff yeah if you wanted to watch um a time loop movie that has a really good or like a really decent like romantic plot like watch palm springs yeah 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 it's like you know and that's like the difference between this like that's another major difference between this movie and palm springs is that in palm springs all the characters get development hmm yeah so it, it treats its supporting cast with uh some weight yeah it does oh fun yeah or at least it's like main supporting cast there 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 is a level of um, um respect i guess i would say that 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 isn't um that isn't given here yeah. And speaking of that, um, speaking speaking of a lack of respect, there there is there are some problematic el- aspects of this movie. Yeah. So we had mentioned earlier that Danielle, who is like the leader of their sorority, uh, that Tree and Lori are involved in, mm-hmm. she she's constantly having meetings, and there's this one uh, other uh, sorority member that she constantly shits on for showing up late because mm-hmm. for showing up late to the meeting and bringing food yeah um she is not only fat shaming but she is also fat shaming the only woman of color in this movie <laughs> yeah it's very noticeable yeah it's, this movie's still very white <laughs> yeah also there is a character who um who is pursuing a male character who's who is uh apparently pursuing tree mm-hmm. uh after they went on one date and he's very obsessive over it mm-hmm. but um, it's later revealed as she's going through the time loop that and narrowing your suspects that he is actually gay. Yeah. And, and it feels like, like, why did we need to make this joke? Yeah, it's like there are obviously there are jokes that don't land like, you know, this is just I don't think this is unique to this movie. I don't think to, to dismiss criticism of it, but like this is just kind of what big uh, whole like blockbuster movies do. Right. They punch down a lot with their jokes, which. Which is like, you know, if you're writing a comedy right now, writers, I know you're listening to this. Writers, <laughs> if you're writing a comedy, don't punch down with your jokes. Think about the think about the ways in which the things we look back on and we're like, oh wow, that kinda sucks. Think about how your joke will land in like ten to twenty years and you know, then maybe give it another draft. <laughs> Cause I guarantee if you're punching down, it's not gonna look good. Please punch mm-hmm. up, everyone. And in general, just please punch up. Only punch up with your jokes. Yes. An uppercut gets a hit to the jaw. Uh, if you punch down, you might hit nothing. Exactly. Yeah. I guess I'm curious. I'm curious to, for you, as like someone who, you didn't go to, you didn't go to uh, college fraternity parties. You went to a few. I went to Just, a couple. Yeah. I'm curious to how you thought this movie portrayed uh, college life in some capacity. Because, like, that's, like, a notable aspect of this movie we kind of already touched upon is, like, this movie takes place in college. Everyone's very young and kind of, like, a bit of a mess as you, like, kind of learn all of them. So, I guess, Mm -hmm. like, from, like, your perspective, how much did this match or not match your kind of college experience? Well, like, the majority of the college experience is the time loop of Tree's, like, routine and, like, her Mm -hmm. morning, right? Mm -hmm. So, she gets up. She has the walk of shame thing. I didn't really Mm -hmm. notice that a whole lot. I didn't really live on frat rail or anything like that. Mm-hmm. um i'm sure every college has a frat row of sorts <laughs> and i mean as we had already said we are nerds so i did not sleep around in college <laughs> um, 
So I never had that experience of having to like wake up in someone else's bed or apartment or whatever. Yeah. I guess I would say that like one of the more more like relevant aspects of it is like constantly getting flyered by someone <laughs> like and, like sign my petition sign this thing join my club or whatever like yeah that's a constant uh-huh i get that mm-hmm. every yeah. I, I dealt with that every morning i would go to class you nothing like rush week yeah and, and, and i would say that like the elements of like there are people in your in your regular life where you're like ah oh, yes they're like whether it's a part of a class or a club or whatever that you're a part of like you know there you either emotionally connect with them or you don't mm-hmm. and then when you have to when, when you have like a regular or a reoccurring like meeting with them you're like ah okay like mm-hmm. this is you either you choose to emotionally connect or you don't yeah like you you make that active choice and i i would say that that experience is really heightened when tree is going through the loop yeah so i would say like that feels like college mm-hmm what about you? Were you able to identify with any of the other college aspects of this film? Yeah, I think like uh, I think I remember like kind of talking to you about this at the beginning of my like when we both went off to college and like knowing like how do I make friends again? Like, Joe, you and I were friends for so long. We never had to make friends like in, in high school or even early college. So by the time we both transferred out, we went to different universities I remember, like, kind of, like, those first few days of, like, I, like, had a routine of, like, you know, I go to class, maybe talk to someone after, like, whatever classmate friend, and then I just go home, make dinner, and play games or something <laughs> like that. And I remember mm-hmm. that feeling of, like, oh, like, I am, like, I'm kind of stuck in my own thing, and I kind of want to break out of it. Like, that's why I, I started my own club on campus, to kind of, like, be like, I... I want friends and like the clubs I tried to join, like the portal wasn't working because our our school was (laughs) a Cal State school. (laughs) So like I I remember running into that problem and just and like remember feeling like that's kind of uh, that's kind of what uh, Tree does and that she's like when she starts the movie and she's like, oh, your your day becomes very uh, not only does it become transactional, but you also just like you're not even aware of like things you're emotionally closing yourself off to and like whether it be people or activities or whatever. I do remember feeling like, oh, I have to do something tangible to kind of like break my to break my own loop, so to say, because I it's like I I I don't want to be stuck in here. <laughs> I don't want to be stuck uh, friendless for the rest of the semester. Because mm-hmm. what am I, I going to do when I go home and tell my tell my family? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> I don't know. Went to class. <laughs> Went to class. I played video games. The same thing I did when I was here. Exactly. I was like, I mm-hmm. I you know. Not to shame anyone that that, that did, but I, I know I wanted that socialization. Yeah. So, like, I do think that, that movie, the movie kind of playing into that, like, even in the small capacity, I do think it's like, oh, it's made with some intention of, like, what kids might be going through. I say kids, you're an adult when you're in college, for the most part. <laughs> Catch me at 20 years old making perfectly mature decisions it's like a certain type of loneliness that i think is accentuated during the time yeah i would agree i think that's definitely an element to time uh to time loop movies Mm -hmm. the the father of them all or the grand or the grandfather of them all um groundhog day which is even Mm -hmm. referenced at the end of this movie of course of course it is um like bill murray in that movie experiences loneliness 
And I think he like it, it in a really dark and probably problematic sense. He, I think he also like tries killing himself in that movie, right? I think so. At some point, it's you know not good. We we don't we don't need to make suicide a joke, gang. Um, let's let's not do that. That's also in this movie. I I forgot about that. That's also in this movie. Yeah, fair warning. Like you know, if if you do watch this movie, like there is still needed for kind of a content warning for like the fact that like she does like never like completely graphically. But, like, mm-hmm. she definitely, like, takes her own life. There's definitely, like, a self-harm angle to that. That, like, definitely, if, if someone were sensitive to that, that's something to be aware of with this movie. But, yeah, like, I mean, it, you have a good point, right? Like, loneliness in that, like, you're going through something and you're struggling to communicate it to people around you. And, like, I think that that's where kind of where Carter's and her relationship kind of shines. It's just simply that he believes her at face value most of the time. Like mm-hmm. he like obviously they don't in the later uh, time loops they don't show her explaining it to him again because this movie understands good pacing, but it does do a good job of like saying like the like, kind of the frustrations of like oh I'm I'm stuck in my own problem and I don't know how to communicate them, mm-hmm. and that's where I think like the 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 film's true theme of like not so much uh, moralism but also just emotional vulnerability is really where Tree needs to end up because like that's the phone call with her dad which is like uh, the shortest scene in the movie but like I do think that that is good and just like oh yes it's like this thing that's been hinted this whole time like she starts every single time loop throwing her phone away but like you eventually get to the point like oh yes she finally does this thing she's been putting off from the very beginning of the movie like the very first thing you see essentially mm. yeah it's good like all things like i I do think that's good at establishing who tree is and not only the the external conflict but also the internal conflict she's going through and i think this is true of our current generation growing up watching the film, and I think especially true of you and I, we like watching movies that have really strong characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it's why the MCU survives. <laughs> because the, the the plots of those movies aren't exactly... They're fairly derivative of each other mm-hmm. because they're action films. But we really like the difference between Thor and Black Panther and Spider-Man. Um mm-hmm. Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. But, and I think the reason why we like this movie is because this has a really strong character in Tree. Mm-hmm. And I would say the difference between most of those MCU movies and this one is that Tree grows. Um, <laughs> tree changes. I Don't get me wrong. I love my MCU stuff. I, I love my superheroes. But damn, if Spider-Man can just not learn the same lesson twice, that'd be great yeah um (laughs) yeah i I would say like if you're really into that character type of work this is a movie for you um if you aren't a horror fan and you happen to be listening to this episode and you're this far in thank you one (laughs) two you should watch it it's it it really isn't that terrifying yeah um no this isn't uh i guess if i were to ask you a question michael would you say this is scarier than black box or no no, I mean, like, at least not for me. Like, maybe there's, I mean, there's definitely, like I said, there's once again, like, another gendered element of, like, she's walking alone by herself on a college campus. Like, that's a real fear that exists out there. But, like, no moment during this, maybe with the exception of the bedroom scene, like, where the, the killer's in her bedroom. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, and she also, awful like... in a good way. <laughs> yeah. And she also, like, did the good thing of, like, you know, like, you hyper-protagonists lock themselves in their own room, right? And now mm-hmm. she's just stuck in there with the killer. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that was, 
I would say the greatest point of horror intention in the film. Mm-hmm. Aside, like there is that, there was the first murder, and you know the climax. I would say with two, with two. Yeah. yeah, those those were all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it also goes like like you said, it goes straight action when she like kind of puts on the jacket and she like ties mm-hmm. her hair up and she faces him. And it's like, oh yes, this is once again really cool. I like that this is where the movie goes. Even if it's not scary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, which I was like, you know, to the which, like, you know, that ultimately, I think this is part of the reason why I like superhero fiction, which, you know, most superheroes are stand ins for ideology and the metaphors are really blatant. Like, that's mm-hmm. like, I think Tree having that type of arc and having, like, having the genre fiction itself uh, reflect her internal struggles probably, like, the reason why I go back to even superhero movies and go back to this, because it's just. I like I like genre fiction. I like when wacky shit happens, and I like it when it's all cohesive with a single theme. In which, uh, if there's anything this movie sticks to, it's it's Tree's arc and like Tree's development. A good movie, if uh, <laughs> if unfortunate in some angles. But uh, what do you think, Joe? Final thoughts on Happy Death Day. My final thoughts. Uh, it can be problematic at times, but you know. For this genre, uh, not too surprising. It tries to push the envelope and push boundaries in terms of like what the genre can withhold in terms of themes um, and motifs. It doesn't quite stick the landing, but it still is like entertaining. Mm-hmm. Tree's character growth is great, and I enjoy the humor in this movie. Yeah, for the most part, but. Yeah, overall, if if you were interested in this one, I would definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. I would also recommend the sequel. Yeah. Uh, th- the difference between this recording and the recording that we did before is we talked a lot about how much more we enjoyed the sequel in our previous <laughs> recording. So I'm glad you and I mentally took that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to shove it in here at the end and say you should watch the sequel. If you really yeah. don't, if you really don't like horror, just watch Happy Death Day to you. Because yeah. it's it's the same premise, but even more sci-fi. I happen to work. Uh, I happen to work on that movie for PR and press. I was because you know I hadn't seen the first one. I watched this and I thought, "Damn, Happy Death Day to you is so much fun." And mm-hmm. a lot of the critics and fans who walked out of it were like, "Well, it's not really like scary. It isn't even as scary as the first one." And I'm like, "Oh well, I didn't care for that. <laughs> like, I didn't. I'm like, the horror is not what I was here for. I was here for like the goofy, funny comedy, sci-fi elements." Yeah, and I would say that that's still really relevant in this one. Yeah. Um. So give it a shot. What do you think? I totally agree. I also would would have just said go see the second one because once again, like it wraps up all you need to know. Like, you know, the 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 arc of the movie is so simple that, like, you really can summarize it in a sentence. And, like, how that movie ends, also, you can summarize in a sentence. Like, her roommate was just trying to kill her, and she's like, fuck that. And, like, yeah, like, I think the strengths of, like, the, you know, like, the strengths of franchise and the strengths of sequels is, like, I feel like, it, on paper, it should be seeing what was good about the first one. And then seeing what you can do in the second one. And that, to me, I think that that's what that uh, Happy Death Day to you is. And I like, yes, like what was good about the first one? Yeah, the horror stuff was like so-so. But it was really funny. And it had like some good heart to it. So let's just play that up in the sequel. Let's make it funnier, make it campier, and not worry so much about like the stuff in between. Because that's, I can see how that's unsatisfying from a, from a strict sequel sense. But, you know, in my opinion, as a horror person, 
I thought it was the the film worked much better as a mystery comedy. So yeah, it was really good. Uh, I totally agree with you about uh, content and all that. But yeah, you should definitely uh, give it a watch if you if you're if you're feeling so inclined. Uh, just watch out for baby faces. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, here, I would say that that was g- genuinely creepy. Yeah, like the the mask is 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 creepy. Who mm-hmm. the fuck like <laughs> babies Who, are terrifying. Whoever designed it, great, good for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah, like it does hit that like Michael Myers level of uncanny because it's a human face, but it's not a human face, so it mm-hmm. just looks disturbing. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I hate it. Yeah, and you're like, oh, it's this baby face, but it's clearly like a grown man's body that's running around <laughs> trying to kill you. You're like, oh, man, I do not I do not want that. Um, yeah, and he even has like a giant knife, right? Like that's very Michael Myers. He has a giant knife and then he gets a gun at the end. Oh, he does. It's weird how they transition from knife to gun. I don't know. I don't know why they chose to do that. Mm hmm. I guess it's it is maybe just to show that like like you said it's a parody like Babyface mm-hmm. is ultimately not a Michael Myers type because it's a person underneath like 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 we said during that episode go watch our go watch our Halloween episode or go listen to our Halloween episode uh, Michael Myers is not a person like it's an it, Michael Myers works best as an entity but ultimately this movie had to bring uh, it back to a person. Mm-hmm. No, there's no spirit of university that stabs tree at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All things considered, uh, what would you, what would, like, I'm sorry, what was your rating for this movie again? It was three and a half out of five time loops. Oh, perfect. What about you? Uh, I will give it, I will give it nine and a half out of 13 turtle shells. <laughs> Michael's always going to use turtle shells as a frame of reference. Yeah. Just it's so y'all my- know. It's my TMNT side showing. <laughs> I think it's fun. Like, it's a popcorn movie. Put it on. If like, this is a movie you talk through. This is a movie that, like, when your friends are all like, let's watch a scary movie together, but we're going to talk the whole time and, like, kind of, like, make fun of it. Like, put on this movie. Like, because that way, like, you'll, you'll, you'll have enough horror stuff so everyone will feel satisfied, but also you don't have to worry about, like, disrupting the tension of the scene because the movie disrupts its own tension. Yeah, and there's enough there's enough wrong with this movie that you'll have plenty of pithy pithy commentary. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For speaking speaking of college stories, um okay. uh, e- Evan and I and we had a friend, uh Morgan, she lived upstairs. She was a friend of Evan's for a while. Mm-hmm. And she would come down and the three of us occasionally Cyrus would join in and we would watch uh Supergirl. Okay. The CW Supergirl season one. I'm familiar. <laughs> and that is and that is a show where we would just constantly yell at the TV. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. We we're just like, why is this happening? This doesn't make any sense. It's 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 not good. It's rough. Yeah, we it is so rough. If we could say that because we both watched how many seasons of that show did we watch? Three? Oh, you watched three seasons of Supergirl? I don't know. I, I watched I stopped after season one. Oh, really? Morgan moved away. Oh, makes sense. So, yeah. <laughs> when season two came out, we updated each other a little bit, but we couldn't stick through. That, that's fine. That is a rough show to get through. Yeah. Imagine watching The Flash. Oh, God. It Both. It, 
Oh, man. I liked seasons one, two, and a little bit of three of The Flash, but I stopped after that. Yeah. CW superhero shows are something we're going to have to cover someday. I don't know we're gonna how. Have to. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but it, it's on the list. It's on that list. It, maybe whenever Legends, Legends of Tomorrow ends. Yeah. Oh, the maybe. only good one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll have Cameron on for that episode. Cameron back on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well... <laughs> We successfully derailed this podcast and uh, I think maybe ended the time loop that we were stuck in. Yeah, I think we broke the loop. I Mm -hmm. sure hope so. (laughs) We definitely did something we didn't do last time. We talked about superheroes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that probably broke the loop. A topic that we've never get off. We ever get off topic with in this uh, in this podcast. No, we never talk about superheroes ever. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us, for putting up with our bits for uh, the whole uh, hour you listen to us. We will continue our spooktacular Blumhouse special with one of the two movies that comes out next week. I don't know which one. Whichever one's better. Or whichever one's, if they're both bad, whichever one's worse. Exactly. (laughs) Then we'll we'll just have fun dunking on it. I don't know. We'll do something. Yeah. Yeah. But until then, uh, y'all... Uh, We will spook you next week and see you then. Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Pop the Culture Podcast. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us any of your thoughts or questions at popthecultureprod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'd love to thank our PR guy, Joseph Tomlin. And I'd like to thank our editor, Michael Ruiz. (laughs) And I have been your host, Michael Ruiz. You can find me at twitter.com at next underscore entry. And the video essays I write on my YouTube channel, Next Entry. I have also been your host, Joseph Tomlin. You can find me on twitter.com and Instagram at joke Tomlin. That is J-O-U-K-T-O-M-L-I-N. Thanks again for listening, everyone.